You're listening to a podcast on Catholic Saints. This podcast is produced by the Augustan Institute, an apostolate helping Catholics understand, live, and share their faith. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition or mini-series of Catholic Saints. We are talking about... um, kind of the most fundamental matter when we're talking about Catholic saints, what makes a saint? And then we're also going to talk about the angels. So uh, we're going to be talking about some things in this episode that are certainly standalone, need no assistance from other episodes. And then this will also be part of a a, a series. So today uh, I am with Dr. Elizabeth Klein. Dr. Klein, it's great to see you again. Thanks for having me. It is a joy to have you. Uh, Dr. Klein, you are a professor of theology here at the Augusta Institute. Do you have any classes that you're teaching at the moment? I am teaching uh, history in the ancient and medieval world and mystagogy, also known as the sacraments. Also known as the sacraments. That's very exciting. If anyone out there has ever been curious about our Graduate School of Theology, which we have here, uh, which Dr. Klein is a faculty member of, uh, you can just Google the Augustine Institute Graduate School of Theology. They have sample lectures. Go check it out. I went through the school. It is wonderful. I had Dr. Klein as a teacher. So it is a joy to talk to you again on Formed for Catholic saints. Yeah. So thanks for having me. I mean, this is a topic that's kind of near and dear to my heart because I wrote my dissertation on Mm. the angels, um, angels in the thought of St. Augustine. Uh, and I recently wrote a book on saints and angels, uh, that'll be coming out November the 10th. You did. So you may be watching or listening to this episode before the book comes out or after either way, there is a link in the description for this episode where you can pre-order the book if you happen to be listening before it is released. And I'm sure that page will be updated to just simply buy the book once it is released. So if you are interested in this topic, check it out. What's the title again? It's called Saints and Angels, Who They Are and Why They Matter, published by Abby Maria Press. All right. Very good. So check that out. Okay. So, uh, Dr. Klein, we... Well, as I was thinking about the first part of this episode, which is what makes a saint, um, I think my first thought was actually, there's many, we use saint in kind of a lot of different contexts. Obviously, as Catholics, we have Saint Peter, Saint Pius, whatever. Um, But then you hear uh, people talking about like, oh, well, he's a saint. He's a living saint. And so there's a couple different applications. But what what does the word saint mean? Where does it come from? Right. So I think that the word saint in kind of modern Catholic usage has kind of become almost like a technical term. Uh, But it just comes from the Latin word sanctus, which means holy, as in, you know, sanctus, sanctus, sanctus. Mm -hmm. So in early usages of the word, they're not using it as a technical designation, you know, in you know, early church or whatever, they're just describing someone as holy. And do you mean early churches in biblical, like early church, or do you mean like early church after Acts of the Apostles kind of? Uh, I mean, in both cases, right? Because okay. um, Paul <clears throat> will use saint in the most general possible way in the New Testament, uh, just to refer to all believers at a church, the saints at a certain church, Okay. to all the saints at Philippi, to all the saints, uh, you know, and at Ephesus. Uh, and so... In the earliest period of the church, um, when there is a holy person, especially someone who has passed away, but even someone who's living, they'll describe them as, you know, the Holy Father Benedict, the Holy Father Mm -hmm. Augustine. And that's the word sanctus from which we get saint. Uh, So it isn't kind of a technical term like we would like ST, capital ST period. Uh, It's just a general word for holiness. So to understand the kind of whole breadth of the use of the word saint, uh, we have to ask kind of what does it mean to be holy? What is holiness? That's right, yeah. Uh, and this is actually a kind of 
difficult question. It's a harder question than it seems at first because we call lots of things holy, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about the Holy Bible and we talk about people as being mm -hmm. holy and we talk about God as being holy, uh, which seems like a kind of like different things. Like yeah. how can a Bible be holy and God is also holy in a mm -hmm. person? Uh, and so really ho holiness ultimately um, is a kind of uh, category pertaining to like participation in God's life. So God is absolutely holy uh, because uh, he is sort of utterly apart from all things, is perfectly glorious, uh, and all other things are holy, like up to the extent that they participate in God's life. So that's why we can say like things we use at mass or whatever are holy because or they're inanimate objects, so they're not like holy because they have a virtuous life or mm -hmm. something, uh, but they've been consecrated for worship of God. So, you know, a chalice used at mass is like, the holy, holiest you can get for an inanimate object because mm -hmm. it's participating in the worship of God. And so for a human being to participate in the worship of God, you know, obviously means things like going to church, participating in the sacraments, but ultimately means living your life so as to be a living sacrifice to God. And so that's why holiness for a human being is a lot more complex because it involves, you know, the extent to which our lives and reflect God and participate in God. in a ceremony per se, like an right. object. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so kind of all those things are holy. Uh, and so all of those things are saintly in, in a certain respect. Um, and so this is why you can have Paul calling everyone at Ephesus a saint and even everyone at Corinth a saint. Uh, and if you've read the letters to the Corinthians, you will know that the Corinthians are not a very good group of Christians. They're not, They're not Paul's best, uh, I don't know. They had a complicated relationship. Yeah, they have a complicated the relationship least. with Paul. There's a lot of yeah. sketchy happenings at the church in Corinth. Uh, but what Paul is talking about, he's talking about them being being saints, being it's hagios in Greek, being holy. Uh, he's talking about them being set aside for the worship of God in a particular way. Uh, and so the kind of most basic category of holiness for a human being is uh, being baptized. Okay. Um, because as Catholics, we believe that when you're baptized, you receive a kind of indelible character on your soul. And that character means you're kind of like deputed to the worship of God. Mm -hmm. You're like, you have a kind of objective call to worship God. So whether or not you actually fulfill that call, uh, you are kind of set apart and holy uh, by your baptism. So you could think of like sainthood as kind of concentric circles. So it's like the biggest group of saints are anyone who's baptized yep. in kind of like the broadest sense. Then you could think of a smaller circle of people who are getting more saintly are people who are sort of persisting in a state of grace, people who are practicing their faith, you know, living their life so as to avoid mortal sin, these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And then you could think of another people who are holier than that are people who are already in glory. So those are people who have already died in the grace of Christ and are seeing God face to face now. Uh, so those are all saints. Uh, and then canonized saints are like a smaller circle within those in glory. So there are lots of people in glory that the church has not proclaimed yep. to be saints in the technical sense that we don't incorporate into our public worship. Um, but that that smaller category is even that category is also about worship because what it ultimately means to be canonized, it means that it's like you can be part of the worship of the church, right? You can mm -hmm. be named in the liturgy. You can have your intercession uh, requested mm -hmm. and these kinds of things. So all these categories had to have to do with like your participation in the worship of God. All baptized participate to some degree, but those who participate most especially are those who are like incorporated into the mass on, mm -hmm. on earth. Uh, but they're not necessarily better than the rest. Unknown saints in glory, those are also saints. Yeah, but it, it, it's an important distinction because I, I think um, 
when we think of holiness, well, there's two things. So when we think of saints, as you're saying, it's good to know that there's been this kind of development of the idea of sainthood, because I think you're right. Most people today probably think of ST period X name as a technical term, Mm -hmm. uh, whereas Paul is using it more in accord with what you're saying holiness is, which is a category of Mm -hmm. being set apart. And then in relation to holiness, you know, I I feel like probably there's an undercurrent of thought of like where holiness is you're doing a ton of good deeds and you're working really hard, um, which is connected to holiness, certainly, but that at its most fundamental level, it's being set apart for worship. I, right. I just don't think most people would probably articulate it. Um, right, because the, the saints in glory aren't really like busy doing good, <laughs> yeah. good doing good deeds, no. right? They're filled with charity. Yeah, they're filled so, with charity, and they're <laughs> yeah. they're worshiping God, right? Yeah. Like that's what that's what they're doing. That's like the ultimate sort of goal of human life is just how to worship God in this valley of tears is a, yeah. is a complicated matter, uh, and how to sort of transform your life into the perfect sacrifice to God is is no easy affair. It involves a lot of, yeah. you know, liturgy, but also prayer and also grace and also yeah. habits and all kinds of other things that go along with being sort of a imperfect person in time and space. Yeah. But I love that if you, if, you know, if anyone that is out there, if you're watching this video or if you're on form, you are probably to some extent concerned about growing in holiness. All of us are. Uh, and that it's a great way to think about it. How do I grow in holiness? How can I more actively make my life a living sacrifice to God? How can I more actively participate in the liturgy as the Second Vatican Council asked us to? How can I make my work life, my family life, a participation uh, of of worship of God and bringing that in um, in different ways. So it's, it's really yeah. Cool I think, think you're, we talked about we talk about like sanctifying all areas of life, uh, and it's just what you're saying. I mean, it it matters to God whether or not we're diligent in our work mm-hmm. um, and offer it as a sacrifice. It, and we can every aspect of life, our sufferings, our trials, these can all be means of sanctification. And sometimes I th- we think about that as at least I do like they say marriage is a means of sanctification. And you're like, I don't know. I seem to yell a lot at my children. Like, it doesn't seem like I'm like getting holier. Uh, but it is at least in part about that that suffering of uh, being an act of worship and having uh-huh. everything kind of ordered to the proper end. Uh, maybe it's not always as visible as we would like. I know. Sometimes whenever that happens and I, you, you know, like you, you do something, you yell at your kids and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. Then you back up and you're like, at least Lord, you're revealing my weaknesses. Appreciate that. I know <laughs> yes. you're making about you more, my good. Making you more humble. Yeah. No, it's so true. Um, okay. So uh, we have... Um, a better understanding of how saint has been used in the early church, how it's a more technical meaning today, that it is rooted in holiness, which is a being um, a, a called out of, a consecrated, a separation um, for worship. Uh, and so when we now look at today in that more technical definition, um, we get to something called the canonization process, or we say when you know Saint Peter is a canonized saint, what does that mean? Right. So canonized again. I think nowadays we're used to thinking of canonized as meaning they've gone through the process mm-hmm. of canonization, which we'll have another episode on because I can't do the whole process in just this one. But again, in the early church, um, being a canonized saint simply meant that you were incorporated 
licitly, that you're appropriately incorporated right. into the worship of the church. So when we think about the Roman canon, that list of names that's prayered in Eucharistic Prayer 1, uh, that's the n- names of saints who are incorporated into the Eucharistic prayer. So the word canon, like when you think of the canon of scripture, right, mm-hmm. those are like the a church approved list of books that are in our Bible. That's the same as the canon of the saints. Mm-hmm. It's like the church approved list of saints uh, that's in our worship. So in the earliest period, there's no process, yeah. right? It's just like... Which was the same for the Bible. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, it's a little different, but, yeah. you know, as you were saying that, it's interesting. Um, you know, if, if none of if, if some of you out there haven't ever really dove into how did the Bible come to be, the answer is a complex kind of moving through exactly what Dr. Klein is saying, which is these books got integrated into the liturgy, the liturgy. of the church. Yeah. And saying it, like St. Augustine them... says, like, what's in the canon of scripture? He's like, whatever the church uses. Exactly. Like, and he's like, if there's a dispute. It's integrated into worship. It's yeah. And he's like, well, if there's a dispute, it's what most, most of the church uses. Yeah. But it's a really <laughs> interesting kind of, you know, that's where you realize the working of the Holy Spirit through within and through the church. It's not quite as black and white always as, as we would like. Um, and it's a very mysterious thing, but it's books, some of Paul's letters started getting read <laughs> in church and others didn't, but it's similar that these names, these mm-hmm. saints all of a sudden are showing up in the liturgical prayers. Yeah. And something that makes it a little bit more black and white, I suppose, about the sanctity of life of the earliest saints in the canon is that they're martyrs. Yeah. That makes it easy. Um, so if true. you died for the faith, that's, and it's that's actually, it's, it's actually yeah. true all the way till today that martyrs have a yep. easier time getting canonized than other kinds of saints. Um, and even as then, if you go into the sort of next period in the fourth century after persecution, um, it's a lot of ascetics who are considered to have a kind of like white martyrdom or whatever, like mm-hmm. they died to themselves and died mm-hmm. to the world. Uh, and so that's a kind of like very clear sort of early standard, but yeah, to become canonized is to be incorporated into the worship of the church. So if people considered you lived a holy life and are representing you as such and asking your intercession, mm-hmm. this is the process of uh, entering the canon. Um, so that's so that's, as I said, basically canonized means you're part of the like approved list yeah. uh, for worship in the church, which of course now has a, a much more official process, which we'll talk about in another episode, why we have that process, where it came from and, and all yeah. that. So consider this a teaser for that's right. episode two. More on canonization, canonization to come. Yeah, that's right. But it, it is, it is absolutely fascinating. So, um, Okay, I'll pause there before we move into the realm of uh, angels. Is there anything else you want to add for you wanted to add for saints or canonization? No, I think that's I think that's good. <clears throat> All righty, as promised. So we talked about what makes a saint. Um, but it's interesting because uh, we talk about angels, and obviously we all know that angels are different than humans. But we call both um, people and angels saints. Right. Um, so, what's an angel? Yeah. So this was interesting because as I was prepping this episode, we were thinking about doing what is a saint and what is an angel. And also, well, technically angels are saints. Yeah. We probably include them together. Uh, so the so the basic definition of an angel, the word angel uh, means messenger. So it's from the Greek, like to announce, mm-hmm. angelo. Um, and so we're not used to thinking about it like this, but angel is not actually the name of the nature of, it's not like human. It's not mm-hmm. like the name of the essence. Yeah. They could call them celestial spirits. Um, it's the name of their job. Yeah. So angel means to announce or, or to be a herald. And so we, of course, see angels uh, doing this uh, all over the Old, Old Testament. In terms of their nature, uh, we speak of angels as rational, incorporeal beings. You got to remember that <laughs> rational incorporeal beings. So what does that mean? So we are human beings. We are rational 
corporeal beings, which means we have an intellect, but we have bodies. Angels are like us in that they are rational, they have reason, but they don't have any bodies. Okay. Uh, so if we think about sort of God's grand design and creation, right? God manifests like sort of every form of perfection that there is. So he creates beings that are reasonable and don't have bodies, mm -hmm. beings that are reasonable and do have bodies, and beings that are not reasonable and have bodies, which is like animals. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there's kind of like every level. So angels are capable of being saints, just like human beings, because they have reason and intellect and yep. will, uh, and they can participate in the worship of God uh, by their free consent. Uh, and angels are, that's like what they do all the time. So the couple times we sort of get to see what angels are doing at home, you know, in like the book of Revelation yep. <laughs> or in Isaiah, what they're doing is worshiping God. Can I ask, so for human beings, we talk about being a saint, you are set apart, and then ultimately with the goal of being united with Christ in heaven and participating. And then we come to angels and they don't follow that track because they don't live a human life of mm -hmm. development. And so um, there is a, a way in which they um, just are that. They're just participating in the worship of God. Are there angels that are not in heaven? Yeah, well, all the fallen angels. But that's uh, important because yeah. we call them demons, but that's, they're angels. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so the fallen angels, the devil, and those who chose against God um, are not saints. They are So demons. not all angels not are all saints. Not all angels are saints. Um, so yeah, we think about the particular, the particular aspect of human sanctity is that we make choices over time for and against God. And we see these kind of like beautiful stories of the saints, right? Mm -hmm. That's a particular human characteristic of sainthood. Uh, but there's another perfection, which is angelic sainthood, which was a once for all mm -hmm. uh, decision either for or against God. So the so angels- still involved the will, just not right. in a way in which human beings do that over a multitude of decisions in time. Right, because angels don't have bodies. Mm -hmm. And so they don't change over time in the same mm -hmm. way that we do. They make a one, once for all decision. So if you ever wondered like, why does God make it so hard? Why do we have to do it like over time and have this like long life? It's like, well, he did, it's called angels. And mm -hmm. you're like, why does God make it so we just can't choose evil? It's like, he did, it's called animals. <laughs> <laughs> so he did all those things. It's just that we kind of <laughs> inhabit a particular a good place yeah. uh, in this in this hierarchy. So we do have a particular nature of our sanctity. Mm -hmm. So like, especially saint stories, which you know I love because I come on and talk about That's them. Right. This is a particularly human thing. Angels don't really have mm -hmm. like a, a saint story they made a decision at the beginning of their creation for or against God, uh, and they participate in God's plan of salvation, but they don't, there's mm -hmm. no like, you know, angel biographies. But that is like the drama of even, uh, you know, all of the beings that God has created that have an intellect and a will. The drama of our life is what do we choose? And for angels, that happens in a very mysterious way, instantaneously. And for us humans, that is the drama of our entire life. Mm -hmm. Will will we uh, side with grace or will we choose ourselves? So it's a, it's a fascinating drama. All right. I think, that's, I think that covers the definition of saint and angel. You're feeling good there. I feel good there. I hope we hope you do too. Alrighty. So that is what makes a saint and what is an angel. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to talk about the canonization process a little bit more in depth. Dr. Klein will walk us through what it means, how it's developed um, a little bit there. We're going to talk about relics. Always a fascinating topic. And then archangels and guardian angels. So stay tuned. Dr. Klein, thank you for joining me. Thanks. And we'll see you next time. God bless. Thank you for being a dedicated listener to the Catholic Saints podcast. Your support truly uplifts us. For those seeking additional thought-provoking content, go to formed.org. 
It's a platform brimming with resources, including insightful videos that align seamlessly with our podcast's themes. If you're finding value in our podcast, please consider taking a moment to leave us a review. Your feedback serves as a cornerstone for our growth and outreach.